welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the March 19th game against the Vancouver Canucks. And before we begin, I am out of carrots and I am out of sticks. We once again have lost in overtime. I need to preface <laughs> this. We've once again lost in overtime. That's zero wins in overtime. That's our we are flaws. 0 and 9 in overtimes and shootouts. Um, once again, we had a little bit of a tech issue with the game itself. So we were a few minutes behind, and that would explain why we're compiling these periods again. We didn't really fear, think it was fair to, you know, watch them afterwards and then pretend as though we were watching it period by period. Um, but to start with the first period, um, the Habs were up one nothing. There was a questionable call on that led to the uh, Corey Perry goal. There, I believe there was no contact made with, I think it was Gallagher, and he just kind of toe-picked himself and fell, and the refs called trip. So whenever we complain about the refs being inconsistent, that's, that's part of it too. It's the ones yeah. that go our way as well, and it ended up costing Vancouver. Perry would score on the power play from Petra and Tatar. Um, overall, the hustle was very, very yeah, strong, great. Great and the, uh, the only thing that was still noticeable was the the breakout. So, was, yeah. uh, was there anything else you wanted? There was something I wanted to mention with the lines. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was good to see Deno, Tatar, Gallagher. They were really firing on all cylinders in that first. You know, I, I'm just everything here is just clouded by OT. Like I honestly. Look, there's ob- there's clearly an issue with the breakout. Okay, defensively, the TSN analysts were talking about it. Um, you know, we're down Sherratt. Edmondson and Weber is way too clunky. Yeah. Uh, very, very clunky. Uh, Kulak-Petri works great. And then, uh, you know, that last pair is f- okay. It, like, it does... Passable, it's, but... It's as okay as it could be with, with Xavier Wallet. Yeah, I want to get into Wallet in a little bit. I have him specifically noted down from the second yeah, period. but other than that, like, you know, breakout suffers and, like, you know, it's it, it's tough to see that go against a team like Vancouver. Yeah, which we've had such success against. And, yeah. you know, the Leafs lost their sixth game out of their last seven. This was a game we needed to take two points. Did they lose against Calgary? They did lose against okay, Calgary. Um, yeah, just what I was saying about the lines, too, was so we saw our normal fourth line of Byron Evans and Perry. We saw, like you said, Tatar, Deno, and Gallagher back. But then we saw Kotkaniemi playing with Druin and Anderson and Suzuki playing with... Tafolian Armia, which was interesting. I found that a little bit. Um, I, I, it to me was a sign that maybe we were getting experimental, which, as we'll talk about the, the overtime, uh, we are Sorry, not. Sorry, just to butt in here, okay? Toronto did lose. Yeah. Okay, but now Calgary tied this. Exactly. It was, we needed to win that game. Um, I'm, I'm honestly going to speed through most of the game because I want to get to overtime. Uh, Second period ended 2-1 to one Vancouver. We completely stopped skating the entire yeah, second period. Brutal. Brutal um, second. The biggest thing for me is that Willette needs to go back to Laval now. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, bring up Flurry. Let him play with Romanov. This is not the... You, we're wasting games at this point with guys yeah, like Willette. We have 29 left. It, like, this, you just can't afford to have basically AHL guys, you know, playing these roles. Like, if we're, if we're going to get caught on defense... Let it be because we have two young guys out there learning the game. Don't yeah. make it that Willette just can't keep up. Yeah. And I then agree. third period, uh, again, we waited until the last few minutes to turn it on. Desperation completely mode comes in. Completely blew a five on three. Yeah, completely blew a five on three. Got lucky 
on the uh, and by blue, second penalty. And by blew it, I mean, I don't mean just didn't score, okay? Because, like, that's obviously that happens every once in a while. I mean, like, five on three, we got two shots in the two minutes. Yeah, that's and it. I know, yeah, it, it's that was not a strong showing. But then again, we get another lucky puck over glass penalty. Suzuki pots it in from Petrie. Yeah. You and I were saying minutes before the goal went in, when Suzuki... Petrie's been pl- uh, uh, and, Suzuki's been playing shit. Yeah, yeah, and when his stick snapped, we said he shouldn't be taking one-timers. He should be on the opposite side where he can make the first pass or take that wrist yeah, shot, and it's exactly it what happened. But another thing, too, to keep in mind with this game is, like, it's not only did we lose in overtime, okay? We had so many calls go our way, okay? The Gallagher thing, okay? We absolutely wood chopped tyler myers okay yeah gushing blood uh, yeah okay that would have been four took minutes. him out of the play took him out of the play he's on the ice we okay, got so away that with a goes lot our tonight. way too we got away with so much and we still couldn't piece it together and then the worst part is we get to overtime i see 24 41 and 26 at center ice yeah i can't believe it that's this, that's this the like, thing that shocked me the most. I just want to jump right into overtime, <laughs> like I because I, I know I'm going to be this going is off like, on a this while. is like this is like a failure to learn. Like yeah. there's no learning. Happening. Well, this is quite literally this the definition insanity. of insanity. It's literally insanity. It's the same thing over. You and I were joking about it, and then we look over and I see those numbers. I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh there's there's no way. Then we I, do this cycle thing on the overtime where we don't go into their zone for f- like three minutes. Yeah. We just keep dropping it back and changing and, and dropping it back. I know and it doesn't make any sense because they're just standing there. They're not losing energy. No, they're just. They're not playing there. chase the puck. They just skate we in a zone. S- we skate up to the red line, dr- drop it back down, and just keep. Sometimes we don't there. even drop it. Sometimes we just the the player will yeah, pivot yeah, and skate backwards. Back. We passed it back to Allen at one point. Yeah attack the net i know the only time we did it it resulted in a josh anderson breakaway yeah now he blew it yeah that's the second breakaway that went over the net i don't know what's going on there to fully put it over the net anderson i guess that like you know demco the notes on demco's go high i guess but still i i cannot believe we went back to the exact same line and like the reason i'm so surprised is because of the way we started the game with different lines and everything you know Kotkaniemi's been playing really well with his new line mates and his new ice time i thought like, okay we're turning the corner here but no no we are we are right where we were and this is something where you know what two power play goals tonight burrows is doing his job yeah Overtime Duchamp's loss again. Ducharme's not doing his job. No. He's not. Now, there was an interesting stat showing the Habs basically don't score when jo- uh, Josh Allen, when Jake Allen is yeah, in net. Interesting stat. It is. So, to me, you know, Jake Allen was a just shy of a 900 tonight. He was an 893. That was not an 893 showing from Jake Allen. No. Um, I also don't think the defense is the problem. You know, we're talking, you know, the analysts are talking about Ekholm and for some reason, Goligoski, God please, help me. God, God help Goligoski, me. Please. Five foot 11, 35 year old defenseman. They're talking about someone to play with Shea Weber. Are they like, yeah, that? he plays the right side. Like they can't actually be serious. No, I, I think that was just like, they're they're They pulled out the names of just every defenseman. They're like, yeah, he could, but I do not believe defense is the issue. It's not. It's not an issue. Like there's, there's a difference between there being problems and it being the issue. Okay. Like we're we're at a point now where, you know, there's clearly you know macroscopic issues happening, and for you know analysts to nitpick, you know, the fact that we can't score more than two goals a night 
when we were scoring like five, six, seven earlier on in the season, how that's somehow a you know a depth defense issue is not really clicking with me. No. Um, there's there, and that's not to say there's not gaping issues on defense because clearly there is. But the real issue is is that we can't seem to win a game when Allen lets in two goals, and like that's an issue. Yeah, <laughs> that's a much bigger the, issue. Like, that's the that's the big thing, right? And you and I were talking. It's like about as bad this. as the D is. Okay, we still only allowed in two before. Well, that, but that's that's exactly it. It's like I don't think the D's that bad. No, it's we have not the, terrible. we have the defenseman with the highest plus minus in the league. It, it's it's bad. Our D is bad in the transition. Yeah. Okay, like our defense, like you said, isn't terrible. No. Our defensive position when we transition is bad. Yes. Okay, like and that's what I mean by there's gaping holes there in our transition game, but. The fact we're letting in two goals a game, like it's really not. We're a not, huge yeah, we're issue. not letting in four or five a night. No, and, and like it, it, the problem is, is, is we were, our inconsistency scoring. If we were losing five four every night, I'd be I'd be singing a very different yeah, tune. Exactly. I wouldn't be blaming Ducharme. I wouldn't be blaming the I like we. I'd be saying you know we're scoring above average NHL goals per game, but we're just we need to lock it down. We have locked it down. Like this is the issue. And look, nine overtime losses results in nine <laughs> points. Right, we almost we almost have as many overtime losses as wins. That's what I mean. That's what I was getting. Is like we are gonna I think sn- it's ten wins, right? Uh, ten or twelve. It might be thirteen. We are if we get into the playoffs, we may sneak in based off of wins. overtime losses. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic, and the fact that this isn't like a glaring issue to people, the scoring. You know, if we're talking going into you know you and I have talked about mock trades as well, but. Going into the trade deadline and well before it, you need to bring in someone who can score goals and, or at the very least, produce goals. You know, yeah. like you need someone who's going to every game put a point on the board. Toffoli is close to that. He's, I think, sh- just shy of a point per game. But the idea is like, from an analytics point of view, just to like make my point, he is not even on the board in terms of expected goals. So, the this season is a and I and I say this very loosely a quote unquote fluke in terms of his expected points. Yeah. So you know it's not that he's yeah. he's a fluky goal just, scorer. Just it's to, just like yeah, he's clarify, on a very yeah. hot hot season. Just he, to clarify what what he's saying, so that we don't get raged in the yeah. Gmail. It's <laughs> basically he's saying that Tyler Toffoli is an extremely talented player, but no one would expect this of him every year. Exactly. Like when you look at guys with expected goals. The names that come up are Ovechkin, Matthews, Pasternak. These yeah. are guys who, by definition and by the statistic itself, are expected to score every night. Yeah. So his goals per uh, his expected goals, Tyler Toffoli, is so way off the charts because his expected goals. Let's say at this point he has what eighteen. Yeah, let's say he's really supposed like they were expecting him to have about nine. Yeah. So his, you know, his just realized active. versus his actual uh, versus his theoretical is doubled and so that's why it's it's you know it's it's such an outlier but you know we also may have just like unlocked like the god tier of tyler to by giving him a bigger role now that being said going forward being like okay we have a guy like to who tonight had the third line role (laughs) he is the second highest goal scorer in the nhl playing on the third line Put him on the first line. Get experimental. I think first or second, just get him in your top six. Yeah. Here, before you move on with that, okay. The only thing I'm gonna say about that is, look. Listen to me real close here. 
Okay, I understand punishing Suzuki. Okay, he's been playing like shit. Yeah. Okay, he has he had besides tonight. So okay, now including tonight, he has two points in eight games or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, it's not, he's not playing very well. It's not and, and with the minutes we're giving him, power play, you know, putting him up in the big matchups. It's just it's not. We can't keep him up there. Okay. Why on earth is Tyler Toffoli trailing Suzuki? Like that is nonsense. Tyler Toffoli on our third line. Well, th- this is what I was getting to. Is just just on from, a team that can't score. Yeah, and just just ignore like the strategy and ignore the Canadians basically having three second lines, right? Just just think about it like this: you're a hockey team, you have the second biggest goal scorer in the league, and you're playing him in your bottom six. Ignore all the specifics. That makes no sense. No sense. Your first line should consist of Tyler Foley right now. Yeah. He's the hottest player on the team. He's putting up a lot of assists too. You know, he's almost a point per game. Oh, here, look at this. And 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 again, before you guys rage at me, okay, this is an analogy. Yeah. Okay. Because the contribution to each team is probably roughly equal. Okay. How would you feel as an Edmonton Oilers fan <laughs> if Leon Dreisaitl was your third line winger? Yeah. Or third line center, even guess who's playing second line? Kyle Turris. Yeah. They got Kyle Turris up there because he's got better face offs. Yeah, and then you and then you try to you try to instill the you know, the elite the elite fallacy that doesn't work as in uh we'll just look at Dry matchups on the third yeah, line. Exactly. It's like, it's like no, it doesn't it doesn't That only works on the like home that. games okay. because the away games they're gonna match them up anyway. Yeah, okay, but it, it as, also still doesn't work, I know. Yeah, as ridiculous as that analogy is, it actually holds. Okay. Like, well it, it completely holds. There's nothing yeah. ridiculous about it. You're taking one of your best players. I would have gone further and said Connor McDavid. Yeah. You take your best player, because currently Tafoli's the best player on the Canadians, and you put him in your bottom six. And is it why? <laughs> is it crazy though? Do you got it? McDavid has over double his points. Yeah, that's just crazy. Well, the, yeah, I mean that's also like what I always find interesting between like playmakers and snipers. I think like being a playmaker, just by nature, is just so much more beneficial to have. Just because I find, you know, McDavid can put up forty goals, but Toffoli won't be able to put up sixty assists. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, true. it's more of just a, a little bit of a one way street. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, in terms of the offense, like, look, Tatar and yeah, O'Gallagher, that yeah. needs to stay together simply from the fact that one, the ke- like, I mean, the biggest argument is chemistry, but two, and you and I were saying this before, those guys seem more motivated when they're playing on a line together. Yeah, it's, it's, I still wouldn't play them on the first line anymore. Yeah. I'd have them on the second line. Yeah. The first line needs to have Toffoli. That's yeah. one. <laughs> Just right away. The... The centerman, honestly, just bump Druin down. I I'm God's I'm okay sake. with either centerman there. Yeah, to full, just I, realistically, switch, switch back and forth. If realistically, you want. I think you know you got to punish Suzuki for bad play. I mean, he's been having. Not only is it just an offensive drought, but like his defensive play has just been yes. bad. Like just, but it happens. Okay, it's a it's a seven yeah. game okay, drought. Okay, so wipe it. Okay, wipe the slate wipe it clean. Clean. Yeah, we got to Foley, Anderson, Suzuki. Okay. You drop Druin down with Kakinyam and Armia. That was the bubble line. It worked. Just run this for God's the sake. Line. They were doing well before the bubble. Yeah, exactly. So just run it for fuck's sake, please. Like okay? it's such a and simple break. Now you haven't even spoken about overtime yet. I I what like what do you think is going on there? Okay, so here's here's what I genuinely think. I think that the way Ducharme does things is that. He basically pre-plans all of these things, right? I think during practice, the shootout guys take shootout shots while 
the penalty killers take these like they they he basically tries to optimize his time so he'll take um let me think these guys have somewhere to be well no i exactly i just think this is how he does things just i'm starting to get a feel for who this guy is and i'm i'm very quickly starting to not appreciate his play style and i was very excited for him <laughs> going in no but just because i can tell already that like i i guarantee it, it's the shootout guys go do shootout things the penalty shot, uh, the penalty shot, the penalty kill guys go do penalty kill things. The playoff, uh, the power play guys, I'm slurring like crazy. It's like 11:30 p.m. Okay, I actually, have a... I think everyone basically is given a role and they go do it separately instead of what you should be doing, which is saying everyone's gonna try this and we're gonna see who's, who's best, best at it yeah. because you might have a random fluke where like what happens if Jake Evans is just a phenomenal shootout guy? Because yeah. like there are, there are players who are shit hockey players who would dance around goalies yeah. i like sam gagne perfect example i would let that guy shoot if the if the stanley cup was on the line yeah okay i have an i have another theory too okay i think ducharme isn't very different than than julien based on this it makes so much sense okay julien wouldn't have an assistant coach that doesn't have his vision right okay like he'll have slight differences in how in how he plays but, but what the, what's the, the main use? course is the same what's the use of having a guy who's supposed to be your assistant who doesn't get your play yeah do you know what i mean no like, i i like, like where you're that, going like with how this. could i be your assistant if i don't believe in your system at all i exactly i was gonna say you can't have a very offensively minded head coach with a very defensively well, minded it's not only assistant. like it's not only let's say i was For your, example. let's say you're the head coach as your assistant coach it's not even like I wouldn't want to work with you. Like, why would you want me to be your secondhand guy exactly. if I couldn't understand what you were doing? Yeah, because you're not trying to balance each other out. You're trying to optimize. Yeah, like, I have to know what you're thinking. Mm. Because, for example, let's say you have a heart attack. Yeah. Like, Julie well, did. did. I need to be able to replicate your coaching well, style. The- so I need to understand what you're doing. So I don't think he's that different. No, I, I think and you're it nailing it. Not. I think you're hitting the nail on the he head. He might be a little bit, you know, a little bit younger and more, you know, and more forward thinking but it can't clearly be not. that different clearly, no, clearly not. not clearly not i i think the, the only thing that's improved is the power play and it's because we got a whole new guy in there. well yeah it's, that's not his job is not the power play. exactly alex yeah. burrows is doing the power play. yeah a whole new guy in there. yeah that's what we and need. and here's here's the way i i also think and like you know this because i've talked about it many times my theory on like defensive partners so i think that and I don't know if I've ever meant, talked, I feel like I have talked about on the podcast before, but basically my, my go-to with defensive partners is that you don't get opposites attract as your, your go-to because what you end up doing is both players end up leeching off the other. So, for example, why um, Victor Mete and Shea Weber didn't work? I, you know what? I'm not even going to use that example just because Victor Mete brings nothing to the yeah, table. Yeah, it's also like he doesn't represent his play style very well. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it, it's so it's like a complete... Spear and Weber wouldn't work exactly, yeah. or like even even worse, I would say like let's say like Gostas Beer and Sherratt. Yeah. So like you'd have a super defensive concert, like stay at home guy playing with a super mobile, offensively minded. The the you know primary thought is oh, okay, so one can basically play double the talent of the other, and then you basically get two full defensemen. That's wrong, in my opinion, you know, which is why I also think Edmondson and Petrie, great combination, because you get two guys who are basically built exactly the same, 
both can skate arguably as well as the other, but one is more defensively minded and one is more offensively yeah. minded, and that's why it works. You basically have more of a puzzle piece rather than you know two opposing magnets. Yeah, because you also don't want two Petries that are basically peeling the puck off exactly each other. Yeah. and the reason i bring that up is because i think that's what you need with your head coach and your assistant i think that your head coach should be let's say i'll use claude julian for example he's a defensively minded generalist he does kind of he he runs four lines and he's just always very concerned about stopping the play you know or like as it enters the zone yeah. Your assistant coach for a Claude Julian should be someone who is a generalist, someone who uses four lines, who is offensively minded. Mm -hmm. I thought that was Dom Ducharme. It clearly isn't. I am now going to, like, reiterate again. I can really see if we can't find someone who is going to coach this team the way it was built, that um, Marc Bergevin takes a Bob Ganey, like, year... And coaches the team. I I actually want to see it. I want to see him do it. I don't think he's unqualified. He was he's an NHL player. He looked a lot. You know, he's not going to do it just because of just you know the way he spoke to the press recently about his faith in Ducharme. But if you looked at him in the press box today, it looked identical to that Ottawa game where he fired Julian. Yeah. He looked like he was almost at like a loss for words. Yeah, and now and like, I. I personally don't think he will fire him no, this neither. year. He can't just, just, just based off the corner. Yeah, the time yeah. dilation yeah. of this season just doesn't allow for, for it. Weeks. It's just That's not it. gonna be good because and then you also have basically another two week lag of like getting to know the That's coach. It. The season's yeah. done by then. Season's done. We have so, twenty nine games left. So just let him run his course. Let we him have do what he can. We have twenty nine games left and like four games this week. Well, or that, that's like that it. And out. like so, you'll let him run his course, do what he can. I think his basically his evaluation. If I'm Claude Julian. I don't even know if I want to offer him the the job of like if he wants to reclaim his associate role. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. I I think that one I think that's very tough for a professional. I mean, it shouldn't be, but I think it is, you know, yeah. if especially it'd be a demotion, obviously. Yeah. But um I think what Mark Bergevin should really be focusing on is someone who, you know, if I'm doing the interviews for the coaches, right? I want them to give like if the, the simplest way to handle it is give me your overtime lines that's 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 my that's literally my barrier to entry because i know the line that will go 0 for 9 yeah you know like we we have data like i I have data on it i don't need to speculate um you know for you to put for you to put that line out for a ninth time and lose an overtime in a in a get get, oh my god the more i speak the worse 16 percent of the season i know nine times okay in 30 games you're out of your mind yeah that is insanity well it literally is he he's like and and i can see from his point of view try just trying to play devil's advocate here the statistical anomaly i know he's of losing every time must be blowing his mind as well this is gonna be like a case study well yeah this is gonna be one of those things where it was like wow it's incredible like they should have at least gotten one but here's the thing there's this key to the monkey that wrote Shakespeare. (laughs) There's this key to overtime, though. That like I, I mean, not every coach in the league knows this, but if you don't shoot, (laughs) you're not going to score. People act sometimes, and like including Julian Ducharme right now, that it's almost like it's not a race to score. Like it's a race to score. Yeah, that's why it's three on three. There's very little. 
very little uh, effort required to get into the zone. You, so that leads to more chances and more goals. It's I, a race to score. Yeah, I, I also think that if there was no shootout, we'd see a very different overtime. I think if overtime was just sudden death till someone scores, the first guys out there would be guys who actually score goals. Yeah. And you know what? I like I really don't care. You don't even need Dano for the faceoff anymore. Kotkaniemi can take a faceoff. If you if you throw your guys out there and you have your first line being Kotkaniemi to Foley Anderson, just gone. Yeah. So even Suzuki to Foley Anderson. Yeah, who cares? Kotkaniemi wouldn't be my go-to, but just for even yeah. I'm saying if you're gonna make the yeah. argument for faceoffs. Yeah, no, for sure. Like fine, but it's just it's so stupid and it's so like my, recurring. My, my first line out there. Uh, would be to, like you said to Foley Suzuki uh, Anderson second line just throw it to Tardeno Gallagher yeah I, I genuinely don't know why we put a defenseman out there Dano will play D as well as any of our defensemen yeah. required for overtime uh, exactly, obviously like, yeah. he can't play you know Edmondson's role but I'm saying like for the for the sake of overtime Dano will be fine Tatar's fine defensively and you know that line will produce and look we've I, got a we've got a game tomorrow different. We, we play tomorrow. Yeah. Same thing. If we do not come out completely fresh-faced, like I'm talking like like switch it up if big we, time. Yeah, if we if we keep our head down, like I'm actually going to lose it. Well, it's starting to get frustrating in the sense where like we, we're we seeing things that like are, you know, it's it's not like we don't know what's wrong. You know, there, there are teams, take like, um, I'm trying to think of one, take San Jose, for example. Where it was like they were like top of the world when they signed Eric Carlson, and it all just went to hell right away. And it's like, what are we doing wrong? Our top six is Evander yeah, Kane, team, Logan Couture, yeah. Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle. Like their team's the same. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just it just fell apart. The goaltending's shit, and like they they did you know they they made bad choices by not bringing back Pavelski stuff like that, right? Yeah. But the idea is like with us, it's not like we're saying what's wrong. Like we're trying everything and nothing's working. It's literally like we're saying, here's what's wrong, and it just they keep going back to the same watering hole yeah. over and over, and there hasn't been water there for a month. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it, that's the biggest issue, and it's it's really frustrating from a viewer's point of view, because one, like honestly, it's in, it's like it's insulting as a fan yeah. because like it shows that like they they don't care. Well, it shows almost. I feel in terms of overtime. Like, we think about it more on a dinky podcast than he does. Yeah. I mean, because, like, we're at least thinking about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the harm in being 0 for 8 and then in your ninth overtime being like, yeah, maybe we'll try something different. Yeah, and if it yeah. doesn't work, you go, all right, so maybe it's not the lines. You can make that argument, but, I mean, it is the lines. But at least... But I know, guarantee you if his something different, quote-unquote, will be, like, Dano Perry. Well, it's the Edison. <laughs> it's the Edison light bulb thing. Okay, he. he it's the. It's the old. Uh, I found two hundred ways it doesn't work. Okay, we found one way it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We found one way. We could have found nine. Okay. If we lost nine times and it was a different line every single time, at least we'd find nine. We found one. Yeah. So we actually haven't done that much work. Honestly, and it's like. Just... Like he kept screwing the same broken light bulb into the fucking wall and yeah. ceiling every time. <laughs> <laughs> like well here we found, and here's the thing you know, i this is this is not a hot take for but like for example do you i just want to get your opinion so for overtime do you go with just whoever's playing well that game or do you have overtime lines i'd have overtime lines. okay so me too because so, to the people who do subscribe to the like play the hot hand kind of thing 
Romanov should have been out there. He played yeah. well. He was. I mean, he broke in a few times yeah. there. Great but game. if you're if you're going based off of who's playing well, then probably Patriot today. Particularly played good today. Not really. No, good I mean he had two points, yeah. but either way, like he didn't like stand out. Yeah. I would have had Tatar out like, there. I, I, I would have if I had to pick a defenseman, it would definitely be Petrie. Yes. obviously. But I'm. Uh, yeah, that was a bad example. But I'm saying but, like but, for example, Paul Byron. I don't yeah. know if I'd particularly. Have I didn't notice him. No, and like listen, I understand what why Paul Paul Byron is. Is, is I understand why Deno and Byron are handing overtime, okay? It's just they're not my top six. Yeah, I, here, here's the thing. I understand the logic of it. I don't agree with the but like, logic. At the same time, I can understand why Corey Perry would be good in overtime. Exactly. But I but I, I, I know why he wouldn't be in my top six. Yeah. I can, I can tell you why uh, Armia would be good in overtime, but he's not my top six. I can tell you why Evans might be good in overtime. You get six shifts in overtime. Yeah, right? exactly. You have to be very. There's two forwards. Assume it's two forwards and one defenseman. You get six shifts, which means you're playing all of your forwards if you want, or you can play half your forwards twice. Yeah. So, to me, it's like pick six forwards and cycle three lines. Yeah. They each get two shifts. Yeah. So pick literally. I'm not like we have to do this now. We're gonna pick six. So it'll be a yes or no. That'll make it easier. Jake Evans. No. Right. Corey Perry. Paul Byron. No. Armia. No. Suzuki. Yes. Toffoli. Yes. Gallagher. Yes. Tatar. Yes. Deno. E- no. Kotkaniemi. Yes. Druin. No. Anderson. Yes. That's six. Yeah. That's it's six. It's that so simple. Yeah. It's so simple. And like, it, oh, it, it blows my mind. It actually blows my mind. No. I think the part that's, like, why I'm getting so, like, viscerally angry at this, and, like, I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm not, is I'm going to go back to the fact that I feel like coaching staff's going to go home, go lie in bed, probably sleep more than we will, and they won't think about it. Do I mean, they're... they're, I hope to God they don't they don't come back to work the next the next day, and they don't think that there was anything wrong with that call. I don't Do want you know to hear I mean, if I'm if I'm on the ice as a player. I don't want to hear. All right, guys, tough loss, but let's move on. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. But I I, I don't want to see the Habs Instagram be. page saying at least we got out with the point. Yeah, yeah. or until tomorrow yeah. or some <laughs> stupid shit we lost we blew it again well you know what tomorrow it's mr saturday night yeah at least but at the very least we score goals when carries in net mr sanzi's wall <laughs> and and <laughs> if we're lucky they'll play holtby because yeah. i hope if they're either gonna play tired demko or fresh holtby which is worse than tired demko yeah so at the very least i'm feeling good about tomorrow that's the the. Do you want to know why we probably score so much with carrying that? Is because he he literally breaks out for us. Well, that's it. I was gonna say we're probably yeah. a lot more like like quick off the draw because yeah. we start at the blue line. Because he get he if he gets the puck behind the net, he gets it at least to the ringette line. Then it's yeah. Out. Whereas like with uh, you know it's nothing against Allen, but he just he moves the puck a lot less like most goalies. Yeah. Carries just a very very puck handling goalie, which is very handy. Um, but you know to score, you know like almost. A goal and a half less per game with Allen and Net. That's pretty rough. Yeah, and it's not fair to Jake Allen either. No, it's not because the guy can't be losing games, letting in two goals. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, now. and it's frustrating for him as well because yeah. then it's a it's a blow to his confidence. And goalies are fickle. So yeah, anyway, yeah. I I like I I need to. But the last thing I was gonna say <laughs> was like, 
just going back to that, like, I hope they don't brush this off sort of thing. At least we know that Mark Bergevin is definitely not brushing it off. No. So there's only so many of these that he's going to let slip by before he realizes that that line cannot be out there. And over time, and he, like, grabs Ducharme by the collar. And it's yeah, like, what I mean, the hell like, are, you what are you Like, what are you doing? But yeah, yeah. okay, I, I, need to, I need to stop. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's getting me so hyped up this late at night. Like, it's, it's going to keep me up all night. Yeah, it it just it's it's it gets me that like you know we're we have second least amount of wins in the in the division. We since February uh, we, have, since, we have three more wins than Ottawa. I know, and since February nineteenth, we have been the worst team in the division. Literally, our record is the worst in the division since February nineteenth. We are riding the coattails of our strong start. Yeah, and this cannot continue. And our like, strong ends, start was against some weak teams. Yeah, into including the one that just beat our ass tonight. Yeah. This is the team we beat like 7-1. Multiple so, times. Yeah. So, sleep well. <laughs> Sweet Prince. I will not. We will see you tomorrow. This is another thing, is like the Habs are responsible for so much of my insomnia. I took my Fitbit off. I don't want to see my heart rate. I don't want to see it. It's gonna... I, I will literally not fall asleep till 2.30 in the no, morning. No, I know. Because I'll I'm... be thinking about this all night. I know. You know, it's like, uh, I feel like fucking Tony Marinaro now. Honestly, I, I, I get he, it now. I get why he's so angry When he has now. his Colossus melt, Colossal Melt Colossus. Yeah, his Colossus. Colossal Meltdowns on uh, I completely TSN 690. So. so from the Habs Puck Drop podcast, Tony, we apologize after the years of texting in and telling you to relax. <laughs> this is not good for my heart. Oh my we will gosh. see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.